0: I'm Dan Bardell and welcome to 1874 the podcast that will bring you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week Now some of you will know me some of you won't but the key thing to know is that I've had a season ticket since I was seven years old I'm now 34 so it's fair to say I've seen my fair share of lows and a few highs as well I'm joined by the Athletics Aston Villa writer
1: Greg Evans Hello there Hello Greg how are you? excellent uh looking forward to the games and looking forward to the weekend's fixtures loving it
0: and hopefully looking forward to the podcast as well just for i mean people should know who you are by now you, you, you've been writing for the athletic for a while but just give to give a brief little intro about yourself
1: yeah so most villa fans will know me i uh, travel the le- uh, length and breadth of the country covering aston villa home and away uh previously worked for the birmingham mail for 12 years um, covering football and now at The Athletic writing more in-depth, insightful stories. Enjoying it so far? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I really, really enjoy the engagement. I like the, uh, the freedom of, of writing different things. Uh, you know, uh, th- what we pride ourselves on here at The Athletic is, uh, is giving the, the readers something that they don't know and something that they, they can't get from elsewhere. And the feedback on, on the stories that I've been writing so far has been very positive. So, yeah, very good start
0: i will say obviously i didn't know i was going to be coming to the athletic at any point subscribe day one and i and i will say i've really really enjoyed your pieces so far
1: and now we're working
0: together And now we're working together absolutely perfect now except for me on your journey with the Athletic so far who's been the favorite villa character that you've come across
1: oh wow there's been plenty so far um I have to admit, I really enjoyed working with Tony Daly, actually. I oh. mean, he's, uh, as you well know, he's a... Yeah, he's a taskmaster. He's a, he's, a, he's a very interesting guy and, uh, you know, for, uh, over 50 years old and to be in such incredible shape. Um, he was quite inspirational, really. I yeah, think. he is. You know, I thought I thought that... Uh, enjoyed, enjoyed my training with him, enjoyed uh, catching up on him and getting his thoughts on Villa, but there's been plenty. Look, I, I went and visited Ron Atkinson last week. Nice. Um, Big Ron. A, a, you know, uh, as everybody knows, a very um uh you know enthusiastic and energetic character still at 80 years old and was he 80
0: i didn't realize he was that yeah, old
1: yeah 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 i mean you know looking very well and still talking very positively and 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 telling us some excellent st- funny stories from over the years so yeah look you know that it's, it's it's been very exciting so far
0: a little spoiler you might actually hear a little bit from tony daly later on if you're into tony Other things we've got to discuss on the first podcast. We've got Jack Grealish. We've got to talk about England and the ramifications of perhaps him not getting in the England team before the Euros. We've got Conor Horahan back in the team, back in the goals and, as always, with the assists as well we'll talk about Manchester United as well coming up on Sunday at Old Trafford Villa have got an absolutely abhorrent record as I'm sure you'll all know we'll look forward to that game and we've got our hopefully weekly feature that the Villa vault as well so we'll be going over that so let's start with Monday night's win against Newcastle Greg what was your assessment?
1: Uh, Yeah excuse me a very important win actually and just it was it was a win that villa actually needed didn't they oh, you know, th- th- they'd lost three in a row uh they were up against a team who are going to be around around them in the table towards the end of the season? You would have thought, uh, and Villa just need to beat those teams around them if they are going to stay up. Um, I thought it was a very comfortable, easy performance in the end. Actually, I thought that uh, it's probably the best performance of the of the season at home, um, and it's just given them a little bit of freedom now, a little bit of a little bit of breathing space ahead of what is a very tough fixture list against Manchester United, Chelsea, and Leicester in the weeks ahead. So it. it, it the the win more than anything kept the teams above them in contention. So it, it means that Villa now really only needs to win one more game and they can fly all the way up the table, as Wolves shown, you know, recently that they, they, they won a couple of games and and particularly against Villa and then went flying all the way up to eighth or something. So Dean Smith said after the game that the the league has become very congested. He 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 rightly pointed out that um from I think fifth or sixth down uh, team, there's, there's no team that's won more than four or five games. No, so it, we're on
0: the same winter Sheffield United, and I think they're sit, sitting in fifth or sixth, aren't they? So the, exactly. the league's nuts. It's got a, a bit like the championship, a little bit quite congested and
1: quite tight. Yeah, very congested. Yeah, it's it's just interesting, interesting really to see what um, to see what happens in in the weeks, and months ahead. This is the this is the real crucial time now. The, the time where teams who want to do things in the league, i.e., stay up, uh, get into Europe, or actually win the league. They need to put a running results together because the, the fixtures come thick and fast, don't they, over Christmas? Yeah. Uh, and it can be a season-defining period. I don't know
0: what you think, but I, I'm I'm of the thinking that I don't think Villa will be in relegation trouble come the end of the season. I, I think like last season we'll get better under Smith as the season <coughs> goes on and when the players that joined in the summer have had a bit more time, I actually think we'll end the season quite well. Did you share my assessment or do, or do you think we, we will actually be in a relegation fight?
1: I, th- I think it's going to be... I think it would be wrong to say that they won't be in a relegation fight at this stage. Because it's a good start. you're telling me I'm wrong
0: in the first podcast.
1: <laughs> I think that look, Villa's Villa's aims first and foremost are to stay in the division. Yeah. I think Dean Smith uh, will will know that the that the priority is staying in the league, and they'll be doing everything they can to get to that magic sort of 38, 40 points. Um, once they get to that then they'll be able to play with a bit more freedom maybe and just enjoy themselves a little bit and show how good this team can be. Uh, I do firmly believe Villa will stay up. I think good. I think that there are a couple of I think three or four worst teams than Villa at the moment. I just think Villa will get the results that they need against the teams around them and that'll be enough for them this season but look it's a long way to go. Um, the the thing that I like most about this Villa team is, is Dean, Dean Smith's leadership. He he relentlessly says that they're going into every game trying to win it. You know, He's not going to Man City or Liverpool or Chelsea or Arsenal simply trying to park the bus or grab a point or, 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 or just stifle the opponents. He wants to go and actually express. He wants filler to express themselves and show what they're made of as a team. I think that is something that the fans um, have really bought into and are really enjoying that, OK, there are improvements that the club needs to make, that the team needs to make. They are not a finished article by any means. No. Um, but they're a, re- they're a recently promoted side and you know they've, they've showed some really good time so far.
0: I think the main thing as well is it, that's refreshing Dean Smith's attitude. And also, it's fun. You know, the last time Villa were in the Premier League, it just was not fun at
1: all. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that, that, that is that is a really, really good way to sum it up. I think fans are enjoying it. They're looking forward to going away from home now and you know, having a day out and, and knowing that they, they might get a result as well which is if you look back to that last premier league campaign i mean they the villa won once at home wasn't it against uh, uh, sorry once away against bournemouth yeah. uh, didn't win again um you know dean smith's already done that in this premier league campaign at, away at, away at norwich and and picked up some um other impressive results elsewhere so yeah it's it's fun to be a villa fan again villa fans were singing we've got our villa back last season and they have yeah We've already won more games than we actually won in the entirety of that that last
0: ill-fated season in in the Premier League. So that's a good sign. One man that came back into the team on Monday, I I, I mean, there's no doubt he's absolutely massive to the football club. We saw how much we missed him last season in the Championship when when he was missing with injury. Jack Grealish comes back in. We win the game. How important is he? I know it's a stupid question, but, but how important is it?
1: Yeah, it's huge. That I mean, there's a there's there's an incredible stat bit knocking knocking around the the amount of games that Villa have won and lost when Jack Grealish plays in the team. Um, that Villa just aren't the same without him. And and he showed that on uh, on Monday against Newcastle. It was his driving runs into the box um, that that set up both of the goals. He he again scooped the man of the match award from Sky Sports. I mean, he, he must be running out of um, he must be running out of room in that trophy cabinet back here. Uh, I think his dad takes him all to be there, in, doesn't he? His dad has all, all those trophies. But yeah, he's a he's a huge player for Aston Villa. Um, It would be unfair to say that Villa are a one-man team because you know the ten others that that performed well uh, helped helped Villa get that result, and they have got quite a strong squad forming now. But really she's just got that magical spark hasn't he can just do something that's just a bit different to everybody else and uh, he showed that again under.
0: yeah he's the talisman isn't he 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 knits it all together and he he makes the other players better as well I mean you're saying about there was 10 other good performers out there I think he gives a lot of them the confidence when he's there Villa Villa are just a different side with with a different mentality because like you say we've got a good squad now we've got the makings of a good squad but if Grealish is out, there isn't anyone who can come in and can do what he can do. Whereas, maybe if another player's missing, there's people that can come in and do a similar drop. He is just so unique, and he's unique in this country as well. I mean, we're going to talk about it now. Can you believe he's not had a call up to the England squad yet?
1: Yeah, I can't to be honest. I mean, there are some there are some quality players in that England squad now and you know, the likes of Madison, uh, Mason Mount have performed very well this season so I, I can understand where Gareth Southgate's coming from in terms of selecting other players ahead of him, but I do firmly believe that Grealish deserves his chance. Um, okay, he's missed a couple of games through injury, but if you analyze his performances, uh, performances and, you know, really scrutinize the displays, You'll see how much of a difference he's made, and I firmly believe with even better players alongside him, he will flourish even more. I think, I, I think so many other people, bro- you know, in, in the country are also thinking the same as well. Because Gareth Southgate's last press conference before um, before the recent England qualifiers, one of the first questions fired at him was, "Why isn't Jack Grealish in the squad?" I mean, it's it's, it's almost a crazy question when. to ask about somebody not being in the squad when you've got 18-odd others who who are are in contention to start. Um, So, yeah, look, his time will come. Dean Smith keeps saying his time will come. I've spoke to Jack many a times and he he, he remains confident that his time will come as well. All he's got to do is continue performing well because he is. um, And Gareth Southgate can't ignore, ignore him forever.
0: You've touched on Mason Mount, James Madison, obviously both fantastic players, having really good seasons themselves. Grealish, to me, is different to them. OK, they're playing in, in similar positions and similar roles. And to be fair, both Madison and Mount have spent some time on, on the left wing where, where Jack's playing at the moment for Villa as well. Do you think there's a case for all of them being in the actual squad? I'm not saying for one minute that they should all be starting. But I think they're all different. I think Madison and
1: Mount are more based around goals. I think Jack carries the ball better than those two. Yeah, I think Jack Jack's ball-carrying qualities are are better than both of them. But, I mean, there's a player we haven't even touched on there, Deli Alli, oh, who's, yeah. not, who's not in the squad. And, you know, M- Jose Mourinho is trying to get the best out of him. So he's another player that's going to be added into the mix. The two of them are very close mates, we know. Um, you know, the two of them could be fighting for maybe that one last final place at, at the Euros. I, I actually believe if Grealish continues playing the way he plays, then he'll get a space. Um because I just, I just think he can't be ignored forever if he continues playing that well. Um, but yeah, he, he brings something different. And as I say, I, I'd like to see him in that England squad or in that England team, even because I firmly believe with him in there, the other players would would flourish. I think Gareth Southgate's excuse when he was asked why he wasn't in the last squad um, was a bit. I don't know how to explain it. Wishy washer I, I just, yeah, I just, I just didn't understand it. I thought. If you've gone, like Gareth Southgate was at the Brighton game. Um, He watched uh, the Man City game as well. So he would have seen where Grealish is playing. Okay, he's playing on the left wing slightly, but he was drifting into central positions. He was often going out on the right. Southgate suggested that Grealish's position now makes him in direct competition with Raheem Sterling, uh, Jadon Sancho and Marcus Rashford. Jack's not that type of player, is he? We, we both know. No. He, he's not that sort of attacking, um, quick, quick um, sort of pacey winger that's going to get in behind players and, and, and set up chances. That, that That's not his style. He can't be compared to those type of players. But I just feel like Southgate's um, done him over a little bit there. It almost feels to me like it, a little bit making excuses not to pick him. I, I know they worked together for the England
0: Under-21s and I think it was in a time where Jack perhaps maybe wasn't as professional. As he is now, and I think he like, was late for team meetings and got dropped from the, from an England under-21 squad back in the day. Do you think he's perhaps paying paying for that? Because we know Southgate likes his professionalism and he and he, he holds himself to a high standard and he holds his players to a high standard. Do you think perhaps the the
1: way he was when he was in the under-21s is hindering him a little bit? It could possibly be. If if you've got an opinion of somebody, then it, it's hard for that to change until you get to know him well enough. Um, I think if that's the case, then that warrants a call-up even more because surely if you have those doubts over somebody's character but still can see that they're an excellent footballer, then you'd want to get a closer look at them. So I think if Gareth Southgate had him for a couple of games, had him for a training camp for five or six days, then he'd quickly realise that, um, that, uh, that Jack Grealish has improved a lot, he's matured a lot over the years and he wouldn't be the Aston Villa captain if he was still that type of person.
0: Well let's hear what Dean Smith has to say about Jack's England chances, here he is speaking last week.
1: Yeah he's been okay, I mean he's been frustrated with the injury, um, you know he, he's in a rich vein of form he was nominated for October Player of the Month and uh, unfortunately he got a dead dead calf against um, against Manchester City at the end of the game and ended up missing Liverpool and Wolves which uh, you know he he thought he would make both games, and unfortunately, he didn't. Um, you know the fact that he hasn't got called up, he can't control that. We've spoke about that at length. For he can control his, his keep performing, and uh, you know make sure he puts as much pressure on the people who have to make them decisions.
0: That's what Dean Smith has to say. About Jack Grealish, I know we were were saying it earlier, it's just so refreshing listening to Dean Smith. I just love hearing what he has to say.
1: Yeah, so positive, isn't it? And just great that he's a Villa fan as well. It just adds that extra edge. Um, Speaks about Jack Grealish so well. Um, Yeah, deals with him every day and and he's really enjoying working alongside him. He he says that he's probably one of the best players he's ever worked with. So uh, whenever you get him talking about Grealish, it's brilliant because he just waxes lyrical about him.
0: You can tell they've got like a... A father-son relationship, a little bit. You can see that they really love each other. When when they're coming off the pitch, when well, when Jack's coming off the pitch, and that they have their embraces, you can see that almost Dean Smith's waiting for Jack, as if as if he enjoys. It's a weird thing to say again. He enjoys hugging Jack and getting into Jack a little bit more than he does the other players.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just strange. I remember interviewing Jack earlier in the year, and he says that he. he... He actively seeks out Dean Smith every day to speak about football with him. You know, they, they just like sharing their football opinions together. And, um, you know, the fact that Dean's placed so much faith in him and made him the captain, just him, giving him that extra responsibility. Um, I, th- I think that they're, uh, you know, they're forming into a good team and, and Jack's just acting as that sort of dressing room link to what the manager wants to get from the players.
0: What do you think the ramifications are for Villa of, of Jack not being in the England squad? Let, let's hypothetically say he, he doesn't make the Euro squad, he, he doesn't make a squad, an England squad th- this season. People will say, oh, he, he's Villa, he, he lo- loves the club, there's no way he's going to leave. But if he continues to get overlooked by England, do you think there's a
1: chance he might think that he needs to be playing on, on a bigger stage, a Champions League stage, perhaps? Um, I think it would certainly cross his mind, yeah. He, he's happy at Aston Villa, you know, we all know that. Yeah. But if, if he continually gets overlooked... and I firmly believe it wouldn't be the reason because he's playing for Aston Villa because Tyrone Mings and Tom Heaton are both getting picked and they're Aston Villa players. Do
0: you think there's less, there's less options for Southgate there? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I mean, I, less I,
1: I, I just, it's just something I just genuinely don't agree with. I mean, Gareth Southgate's next Aston Villa player, so yeah, you know, why would, why would he, why would he not pick Jack Grealish because he plays for Aston? Villa? It's just something I don't think he's right. But to answer the question, if if Jack felt that in his own head then yeah i think he would look to move yeah you know i think it would be something because i know how passionate he is about wanting to play for england so if a top six club shows an interest and he thinks that playing for them will help his progression and help him get noticed more then it's something he might consider yeah but i bet I, just, I personally just don't think it will get to that stage
0: phil's aspirations are going to change over the next couple of seasons as well i suppose so although this season like you've said primarily we just want to stay up over the coming years, the owners are ambitious, the chief execs certainly very, very ambitious. They'll want to get Villa closer to where we used to be, challenging the top six in the Premier League, and, and that could be good for Jack as well, and he'll obviously be the leader and a part
1: of that. Yeah, definitely, and and I know the club are desperate to keep him. Christian Perso, the chief executive, rates him so highly. Um, he j- describes him as the the heart, the face and the soul of the club. So, yeah. you know, it's something we've heard him say a few times. So the, the club would be doing everything possible to keep him. Um, and I think if 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 Jack sees the club being ambitious and targeting better players to to help improve the team, that, that will spur him on even more. He will want that. He will want to see, um, you know, an ambitious Aston Villa because... That's his dream, isn't it? That's yeah. his dream to be playing for Aston Villa and for Aston Villa to be thriving. So if they're targeting even better players, that's something that will please him even more. I think the
0: great thing for Villa as well is the fact that the, the players that are going to attract interest from other teams, the likes of Mings and McGinn, have been mentioned in, in the press with with other teams as well in the transfer talk. All three of those guys are on long-term contracts. So Villa have been actually been quite savvy, haven't they? They've tied these guys up.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and they're all, they're all relatively young, aren't they? They're all in their early to mid-20s. So... Um, if they do move on, they're going to be moving on for much bigger money. But at the same time, if they stay at Villa, then they've still got the best years ahead of them.
0: That's the other thing with England as well, isn't it? Villa have had players in the past that have got called up for England. And the next thing you know, in 12 months' time, they're not with Aston Villa anymore. So it's good to think we're, we're a different beast now. We're in, we're in a more powerful position. and that we're, I think we're looking to build Christian Perslow does doesn't want to sell these players.
1: Of course, he doesn't know. He, he wants to build this club. He wants to see the club improving and 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 the squad gen- genuinely getting better every every year. So, um, I, I don't think there'll be too much activity in January. I think that Villa did a lot of their business in in uh, the summer. There will be a couple of additions, I would have thought, just to strengthen the squad, but I can't see them spending too much money.
0: One man who knows what it's like to play for Aston Villa and for England is Tony Daly. I caught it with him on Tuesday after a gruelling fitness session to hear what he thinks on Jack Grealish in England.
2: He's got to, continue, If you continue what he's doing now, especially if he's playing the way that he is at this present moment, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be people who are going to lose a lot of form, and he'll be in. Simple as that. So he's got to be really patient. Jack has the ability to know, and he's come on so much as well. And he does it really, really well now. Is he, he, he attracts players. He, you know, he gets the ball, and all of a sudden, for some reason, you'll have two, three, four players around him, as many as that, and he can manipulate that. But what he's good at now is when once once they do get around him, he releases those passes. He's got the vision to make those passes, whether it's a short pass to go again, or, or a pass, you know, to take people out. So he, he offers that as well. He carries the ball, wins free kicks in uh, dangerous positions. You know, so he does does offer that. Granted, if yeah, if he was to add goals to his game, he's your, your number one choice for sure. Do you think the Euros might come round too soon Not for him? Not at it? all. Not at all. If it continues what he's doing, as I said to you, it, it, as soon as the likes of you know players coming because of the form's been outstanding, they can go easy as well. If he's if he's consistent, and he's patient, he can come any time. You know, with the Euros, we me, to be quite honest, as I said, I got an Euro Euros squad on the back end of, uh, you know, very good, uh, very good season, It was even though it was, but peaked again near the end of the season as well and got myself, you know, a, a chance of a couple of games during the Euros as well, uh, 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 playoffs, and did really well got myself in the squad. So it can happen, you know, having the late shout, it can happen, and there's no reason why Jack can't do that.
0: So that was Tony Daly, former Villa and England icon, and he's confident on Jack, isn't he? I think basically the message he's trying to get across is, I mean, Southgate will have to pick a thirty odd man squad in preparation for the Euros. From from what Tony Daly's saying, I'm confident that Jack will be a part of that thirty.
1: Yeah, he spoke spoke well there, didn't he, Tony? Great, um, great to see him thinking so positively about uh, a current Villa player as well. He knows what it's all like, uh, what what it's all about playing for England. Obviously, from from his from his playing days Um, and you know he agrees with us that that Grealish is a big part of this Villa team uh, and should be playing for England so yeah we'll we'll see what the future holds but yeah, I I don't think it'll be too long before we see him in there I think that as I said previously Southgate can't ignore him forever can he?
0: No well, hopefully not let's hope not Tony Daly for for younger listeners who, who might not remember him what a player Back back in the day, a real old-fashioned, out and out, proper speedy nippy winger, wasn't he?
1: Oh, he was brilliant. Look, he was part of that that exciting Villa team in the early nineties. Um, you know, obviously they won the, the 1994 League Cup. He was a big part of that. Uh, part of the part of the team that used to wear that famous green, black and, and, and red away kit yeah. that I uh, that I wrote about a couple of weeks ago.
0: Another guy who's uh, who's worked hard knows what it's like to work hard. Is Conor Harrahan out the team? A number of times he's been out the team for Villa, but he always seems to find his way back in. Does Connor? I know Jack picked up the man of the match, but but for me on on Monday, the man gets a goal and an assist. It's got to be Connor.
1: Yeah, it's incredible, really. I just keep every time I do a goal update on on Twitter, it seems to be Connor kind of whohan either with a goal and an assist. It's incredible. I think he's I think he scored or set up more goals. Um, than any other Villa player in in the last two seasons, so you know, fair play to him. He's 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 making a big impact, um, and and great to see him back. I I was actually very surprised that he was that he started. I, I didn't no, I wasn't think, expecting it. Didn't expect it at all. Um, you know, but fair play to Dean Smith. He, he's obviously spotted something in training, uh, and it worked. I just thought when, went, when I tell you what, there was there was a guy who was um, um, covering the Athletic, uh, covering Newcastle for the Athletic, sitting next to me. When Greece was fouled and Connor st- stood over it, I said to him, I said, I told him exactly how the goal was going to be scored. Oh, he's done it a number of times. But but how, How did? if I know that, how doesn't Steve Bruce know? Well, it? it's incredible. In, interestingly,
0: from where I was sat in the hole, end, I could see Steve Bruce and his coaching staff and they were desperately trying to get the wall to shift over. Right, okay, they were desperately trying it. to get the message <laughs> across, but he, he did, didn't make it. And Steve Bruce will know... He'll know what Connor's all about from the dead ball because he, he's managed him for the for the last couple of seasons, and it's just so good, so good to see him back in the team. From my point of view, he's, he's one of my favourite players. If I'm being honest, people that have heard me speak before will know how highly I, I rate him, and he does always find his, his way back in. And it's that mentality that, that I enjoy and that I respect. He, he doesn't sulk; he just goes to training and he gives Dean Smith a reason to put put him back in because he's been out of the team, and we haven't. I know obviously the teams we've been playing have been high profile teams, but we haven't won it. He's mm. a number of times he's
1: come back in and, and we have one and it doesn't feel like a coincidence to me. No, uh, look I would play him all the time. I, I think he he deserves a place in the squad in the team purely just for the just for his goals, you know. We, we've both got a bit of a soft soft spot for, yeah. for him haven't we we both want him in the team. Do you think he'll be in the team on Sunday? Yeah, I think he will. I mean, he, he spoke to him after the game. He's a Manchester United fan. Um he used to he used to go with his with his dad and he was at sir alex ferguson's last game so it'll be a big occasion for him you know he's played in every single division as her as her yeah. so uh the fact that he will now be playing at old trafford a, a place where you know he would have dreamed of playing he's um very special for him
0: Man, manu on sunday greg villa's record over the years i, s- I said it in the intro all I've got is bad memories from Villa playing Manu, except for
1: 1994. No, it's it's been it's been a dis, it's been a disaster, hasn't it? Really against um, against Manchester United. Villa famously beat them when you know when Alan Hansen called them the team of kids. If, yeah. if you remember, I think 95, 96 was it? 95. Yeah. Um. But yeah, only only a couple of wins in the Premiership. Daily. Big Dalian and scored one early in 1992, and and then obviously Gabby got the the the, the last. The last winner at Old Trafford and the only winner in in Premier League history, which is Nuts. just incredible. I mean, how many? I, I don't know how many games they've played, but how a can lot. how can a, how can a team? Okay, Manchester United are fantastic and they've been all conquering during various decades, but you know, Villa Villa need to improve on that record, and I actually think they've got one of their best chances for a long time on Sunday.
0: That's what I was going to say. I I think maybe if we hadn't won on Monday, I wouldn't be feeling as good about it. But obviously, you you win a game, you start to feel confident yourself. And
1: it is the worst Man U team in my lifetime. I I fancy us to go there and do a job on Sunday. Yeah, I think it will still be difficult at Old Trafford. It's still tough. United are, are are a force at Old Trafford, but I watched them against Sheffield United on Sunday, and I just thought, wow, well, you know, that, that that's not the Man United that we that we grew up watching, is it? You know, that they, no. they've, they've changed a lot. Um, and Dean Smith will know that he'll be trying to trying to trying to get something out of that game for sure.
0: Quick question: If Engels is fit, is it going to be Engels or Conter alongside Remmings?
1: Uh, I actually think Cons has done enough to keep his place. Now I think he's been excellent in the last two games. Arguably the best at the the back line, so no reason to drop him.
0: Now each week we're going to take a look back at some of our favourite Aston Villa moments over the years. It could be a cult hero, a transfer, a stupid haircut. I've had my fair share of them. Literally anything. Going forward, we'll, we'll want your feedback. So make sure you, you find Greg and I on social media and try and get in touch with us and give us your Villa memories. So for now, Greg, I think you think you've got one, haven't you? That ties in
1: with the Man U game quite nicely. Yeah, I'm going to kick off the Villa Vault with um, the game between Aston Villa and Man United in 2011. Um, most of the listeners will remember that it was Gerard Houllier in charge. Yeah, uh, Villa was struggling a little bit. Man United were still playing under Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, Houllier decided to play basically a team of kids I think we had a lot of injuries didn't we there was loads of midfielders missing if I remember correctly you're right yes (laughs) plenty and uh, you know Villa had four or five um, academy graduates in the team but they absolutely battered United and they really should have won Man United were unbeaten at the time in the league okay they're only third in the division at the time but they were unbeaten And, and Villa just ripped them apart. They got, two, uh, they got two relatively late goals.
0: I know, that was the annoying
1: thing. <laughs> and you just thought they would have, They would have uh, held on. So, yeah, um, I went, went, and, went and spoke to Gerald Julio, who was in charge at the time in, in Paris earlier this month. And uh, he told me some inside information from that day, which, which was quite interesting. He said that Sir Alex Ferguson came up to him after the game and said, you should have beat us 6-0. That should have been six now. and like you know, I mean that's incredible for Sir Alex to have admitted that, and and also um, privately, not 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 many people would have known this, but um, he was very impressed with Ashley Young on the day, who, who obviously scored, yeah, uh, and that was the day where he finally decided, well, where he decided this club has to sign this player, and lo and behold, Ashley Young signed for Man United at the end of the season, so yeah. Uh, disappointing that Villa lost him, obviously, but it was just a day where it should have been so different. You know, Villa were, Villa were brilliant that day, went 2-0 up, and then Makeda come off the bench, scored, uh, and then Vidic equalised. So, yeah, a disappointing day, but a of, bit of valid memory.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think Villa must be the only team that Makeda ever scored against for, uh, for Manchester United. Scored a couple against us, didn't he? And broke my heart a couple of times. Just to finish, Greg, you just want to talk about a few
1: stories that you've got coming up or, or, or that are already on The Athletic? Yeah, a couple already out there. I was at the inquest um, for J-Lord Samuel uh, earlier this week. A very sad and, and, and somewhat strange inquest, actually, because um, he died in a car crash in May two thousand and ten, uh, May 2018, for those who, who didn't remember. Um, but th- there were claims from his sister, Leslie Ann that, that yeah, his death, that. death was actually staged and that, that J-Lord was still alive. Um he isn't. Uh, the coroner ruled that uh, the remains that were found in, in his white Range Rover uh, following the collision, the, the road traffic collision, were of J. Lloyd Samuels. Um, uh, quite a distressing case, but the, the, the story in full is on The Athletic, so please have a read, Villa fans, because you know, it's very interesting about somebody who was um, you know, a real real hero, wasn't he? A just player. Just, just a player who played with a smile on his face and... Um, Yeah, obviously a very sad story as well. But a couple more stories out there, one to look out for with, with Ron Atkinson. Um, after the Man United game uh, and some other interviews on the way as well. <laughs> so that
0: was the first episode of 1874, a weekly podcast dedicated to the Aston Villa Football Club. It's one of 11 shows released by The Athletic this week including the Ornstein and Chapman show where David Ornstein and Mark Chapman bring you fresh insight into Jose Mourinho's return to the Premier League. They also look at Jaden Sancho's future as he moved a step closer to a Premier League return. To download that and much more go to theathletic.com and subscribe. Enter the promo code UKPOD for a four Discount. We will return next week with 1874 of the villa.